We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lukomsky uh, coming to you uh, for the last time uh, from my uh, office here in New Athens, Illinois. Next time we'll be visiting from my uh, place up there in Northfield, Minnesota. Getting a little too warm down here in St. Louis for me, Matt. I understand, John. I know I got up uh, for worship Sunday morning and it was humid outside already here in May. But uh, but I'm stuck here, John. I will be <laughs> Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark coming to you from uh, beautiful South St. Louis, uh, where I will be for the duration of the summer, the fall, the spring, the winter, the, the whole, all four seasons. Be- beautiful and sticky. <laughs> and sticky, that's right. Yes, beautiful and sticky <laughs> we, St. We Louis. Take, we take the good with the bad. Um, so I thought we'd give Ian a challenge this morning as he seeks to make our show uh, uh, less dumb. <laughs> That's a challenge every week. <laughs> it is. It is. So I figure he's up to maybe a little extra challenge. So anyway, a congressman, a congressman. This is a political uh, story here. He was up for election, was flying first class from one campaign stop to another. And by a strange turn of events, and strange indeed, he ended up sitting next to a parrot. Okay. <laughs> That's funny already, John. Yes, it is. The plane took off, and during the flight, the parrot ordered a uh, a, a vodka tonic neat. Uh, The congressman just ordered a coffee. After a few minutes, uh, the birds started to yell, Where's my vodka? Give me my vodka! The the flight attendant rushed over with, with their drinks. Later, they ordered another round. Again, the bird gave the crew grief for being slow. And the congressman joined in. Yeah, yeah, the service here stinks. Just then, the flight attendant grabbed the pair, opened the flight door, and threw them out of the plane. As they hurtled toward the ground, the parrot said to the terrified man, Wow, that took a lot of guts for a guy with no wings. <laughs> I don't know. That just, that just taking me. A lot of guts for a guy with no wings. No wings. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, so, there you go, Ian. All right, Ian. <laughs> at it. Let's see what you can do with that. Uh, yeah. Matt. Yeah, I, yeah I go had, ahead. I had high hopes for that joke, and then, you know, just kind of <laughs> just kind took smiled. a nosedive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Matt, Matt. Uh, so so last week we were talking about Paul preaching to the, the, the people in, in Athens. And I just have to make a real quick comment about that. Yeah. Uh, and for those that listened last week, I, I had I had questioned the English translation of commanded. The Lord commanded uh, that everyone everywhere should repent. Uh, and, and I questioned that because it's not the normal word for command. It's really more the word for making a, a proclamation. Uh, and, and, and there was a reason I wanted to make that distinction because a commandment is something you tell somebody to do because it's going to be good for you, right? You command your servants. Well, or like here, you command the, the waiter to bring my drink. See, that's a command. Bring my drink and bring it now. Um, this this word that the Greek uses, this para angelo, this proclamation, 
No, no, that is that is a demand. You're telling people they need to do something, they need to repent, God says. But it's for their sake. It's for their sake. It's going to benefit them. See, see, our repentance doesn't change God. It doesn't make him any more God, does it, Matt? No. Nope. And it doesn't change him either. It doesn't make him love us anymore. It's just a really good thing for us because, I don't know, you can't truly appreciate the height, depth, the breadth, and the length of the love of God until you've repented. And then you're just blown over with the fact, man, how much he loves us, that he would die for us, that he would forgive all of our sins, that he stays by our side no matter what we may have done. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that out. I didn't get a chance to talk about that. But but you have even better things. Well, not better, but along the same lines, I suspect. What, what did you want to talk about today, Matt? Yeah. Oh, no. Thanks, John. Good. Yeah. Thanks for the, the, the wrap up, too. The um, Today, you know, it's it's that time of year where there's, uh, you know, uh, Pastor Lukomsky's planning to move north. Uh, the weather's getting warmer, like we said, so that must also mean for a lot of churches it is confirmation season, right, John? So uh, confirmation. So what do you uh, what do you remember from your own confirmation? Anything, John? It's been a few years. Well, well, let me just say this: that yeah, this is very appropriate because now some churches have the old tradition of confirming on Palm Sunday, but I know a lot of churches don't confirm until the school year is over. So there yeah. may actually be some confirmations this this coming Sunday. Um, it's too. I don't remember. That's a long time ago, Matt. <laughs> You're talking what fifty some years ago? Oh, at least confirmed? yeah, at least that. <laughs> I remember the dinosaurs. <laughs> we were still confirming dinosaurs back in those days. <laughs> so do you, the white robes, though, did you have the white yeah. robes? And, and, and the, the boutonniere, the boutonniere, carnation, yeah, yep. yeah. And you had to stand in front of the congregation, and and we were still being examined. Oh, the examination. Anymore. Yeah, the week before you had to stand, and they, they'd ask you questions and stuff. Uh, and then, of course, yeah, then we'd have the ceremony and we'd have to get up in front and kneel at the altar. And the pastor put his hand on our head and gave us a Bible passage. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, in fact, in fact, Matt, I'm, now you got me started on it. Now that it's all coming back to me in my retirement. My, my kids uh, actually went and contacted my old congregation and got my confirmation passage from them and put it on like a, a little uh, uh, picture poster oh, kind of thing for me. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah, what, cool. do you do you know what it is off? off no. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you'd given me a heads up, I could have looked. Oh, it's hanging up somewhere in my oh. office, but not where I can see it at this point. <laughs> All right. So. Well, well, maybe next week. We'll see. <laughs> tell right. us what your verse. Oh, sorry, John. <laughs> Well, yeah, no, no, I, I think those are all, yeah, uh, things common to confirmation, right? And um, yeah, yeah, still, you know, white robes and uh, the, the examinations. I know uh, sometimes you're assigned a Bible verse by the pastor, perhaps, or, or sometimes confirmants get to choose their own verse themselves, something that's sort of near and dear to them. Um, sometimes we have those examinations and the pastor asks questions. Sometimes um, what we do here is the we ask the uh, confirmants to write a, a faith statement based upon their the verse they selected, the Bible verse. You know, how does this verse apply to my life? What does this verse have to do with Jesus? You know, that sort of thing. So lots of different ways to approach confirmation. So um, for our listeners, some of them may be confirmed in a, a Lutheran church, maybe some of them not. Uh, maybe some of them, you know, maybe becoming a part of a Lutheran congregation as an adult. 
um, or, or maybe uh, you know a whole other variety of circumstances and, and backgrounds. So I thought I would read. This is the, uh, the the maybe the official definition of confirmation, John. This is from the Small Catechism, the explanation, and here's the the definition of confirmation. Okay. All right. So it says confirmation is a public rite of the church preceded by a period of instruction in which baptized Christians learn about the confession, life, and mission of the church. So, yeah, I think it's, you know, confirmation itself, you know, strictly speaking, is, is that right. So it's, that, it, it's what happens during a worship service, right? Yeah. Uh, it, as part of that, that community there in that congregation. You know, things leading up to that confirmation include, yeah, like it says, instruction, right, and learning and growing in the faith. Um, but, you know, one element of the right itself of confirmation is it's an opportunity for, you know, typically our, our young people, our youth, to be able to confess the faith and to be able to do that with their own mouth. You know, this is what I believe. So can one of the Bible verses that's used typically during the rite of confirmation is Romans chapter 10, verse 9. So if, if you don't mind reading that, John, you can read verses 9 and 10 if you want. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Okay. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, if you confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So, you know, one of the, you know, and I think that's interesting, that verse is used, you know, oftentimes in the rite of confirmation, and I think it, it kind of speaks to the fact that one of the key characteristics of confirmation is that it's it's personal. So it's personal. Um, it, it recognizes that th this faith that I'm confessing, this, this Savior I'm confessing, is not just my parents' faith or my parents' Savior or my grandparents' faith or Savior. No, this is my faith, my, my Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, this is my God-given faith. Uh, this is what I believe. And there's really great value, I think, to doing that, to confessing with our own mouths. Yeah, this, this is what I believe. And for our young people to be able to do that uh, in the context of the congregation, right, in front of others, uh, to bear witness to that. I think that's, a, that's an important facet of confirmation we don't want to overlook. Yeah, and I like that fact that it says, and believe in your heart that God raised him from yeah. the dead. Uh, yeah. So it's not just a, it is a church ritual, it is a rite, uh, but as far as we're concerned, it needs to be so much more, uh, not just getting up and, and reciting whatever verse you've been given or reading your statement of faith, but that that is what in your heart you believe, yeah. Yeah, this is a big deal, yeah, for sure. And I, I think, you know, when we think about the gospel, okay, the gospel, sometimes we can think of the gospel in the broad sense, but we can also think of the gospel in the narrow sense. Um, and, and, you know, the broad sense of the gospel, you know, what I mean by that is that the gospel is for all. The gospel is for all people okay. to hear. Um, yeah. You know, the saving acts of Jesus, right? His, his perfect life and his suffering, his death, his resurrection, his future return. You know, that's for, for all people, Jesus did those things. So, you know, we think of passages where the gospel is, is in the broad sense. You know, John three sixteen. you know, for God so loved the, the whole world, the whole wide world, everyone in it, you know, that he gave his only son. 
Matthew 28, the Great Commission, you know, uh, go and make disciples of, of all nations, right? Doesn't leave anyone out, no ethnicity, no age, all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So this idea that the gospel is meant for all to hear, that's the, that's the broad sense of the gospel. Um, and of course, then that salvation is through faith, then in Jesus, the one that the gospel is all about. Uh, but the gospel in the broad sense. But then we also have the gospel in the narrow sense. And in the narrow sense, you know, the gospel is not only for all, but it's also, it's for me. You know, those very same saving acts of Jesus, his, his perfect life and suffering and death and resurrection, his return, that's all for me. And I think, you know, we see that all over worship when, when we really start to, to consider that. Uh, the personal, narrow sense of the gospel. You know, baptism, I think, is a great example. When someone's baptized, their name is spoken, right? Their full name, first, middle, last names. Uh, it's their body that's getting wet with water. <laughs> it's, uh, it's themselves that the name of God, the triune God, is being spoken over. Uh, you know, communion. You know, this is my body. This is my blood given and shed for you right? That personal sense of the gospel, that narrow sense. And then even the Apostles' Creed. Uh, the Catechism uh, sort of makes a big deal out of the fact that we confess not we believe in God the Father Almighty, but we confess, I believe, I believe in God the Father Almighty. That God has created me and redeemed me and sanctified me. So that narrow sense of the gospel, that personal sense of the gospel is, is an important facet of, of that good news. And Matt, I, I think one, and, and you know, we, we, we came out of the closet years ago uh, right. and acknowledged that we were Lutherans. Uh, I think people probably kind of suspected that. You know how it is. You kind of, oh, yeah, that, I think uh, I that's think a Lutheran. Yeah, they were whispering. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but, of course, I think one of the really great things about, about uh, the Lutheran faith is, is that, yeah, we share with all Christians the fact, like you said, that Jesus Christ ha has, has saved the world. Uh, but but I, I think uh, we particularly do a good job of saying it's Jesus Christ has saved you. Yeah, uh, and like you exactly. said, we've got all these concrete things that you listed. You know, baptism. Where and again, it's about now. You know, you're the one that's been saved, not just the world, but you. And, and the words of the supper again, like you mentioned, this is given for you. This is shed for you. Uh, and of course, we could throw in the fact that when we forgive sins, we say specifically in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm commanding that your your sins are forgiven. See. Uh, 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 and last week, of course, we had that discussion about why do we go to church? And we said, well, we don't go because we're serving God. Like God needs us to sit in a pew for 45 minutes. Uh, there's a lot of things that we could do for our neighbor, but he doesn't need us to do anything for him. But again, yeah, that's the point. We go to church because there's where we are reminded this salvation is not just general, but in your case, it's very, very specific and confirmation is kind of the acknowledgement of that, isn't it? And and maybe it's appropriate that at least in, in most of our churches, that's also then uh, the welcoming to the Lord's Supper at that point. Uh, come and take and drink. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And so for us yeah, as Lutherans, like you say, you know, those, those the work of God in our baptism. And then, yeah, even if we were baptized as an infant, you know, certainly God at work. And now this opportunity to confess with our own mouths uh, as, as young adults, as young people, that, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that faith I was baptized into, that name into which I was baptized, that's the name that I bear. I am a baptized child of God, and to, to confess that.
um, yeah, I think confirmation is one of the most personal things we do. And we think of some of the pledges that those confirmads make. Um, so they, they, you know, we ask them the question, do you hold all the prophetic and apostolic scriptures, the Old New Testament, to be the inspired word of God? And they say, I do, right? That's personal. Um, we ask them if they intend to hear God's word and receive the sacrament, and they say, I do. Uh, we even ask them uh, if they are intending to continue steadfast in the confession of the faith and suffer all even death <laughs> rather than fall away from it. I mean, that's a, that's a big question. Yeah. And they, oh answer it, yeah. they answer it, I do, right? I do. And I mean, it doesn't get much more personal than that to say that you're willing to die rather than fall away uh, from now, Christ. Now, now, Matt is a guy who hasn't done a confirmation now in several years. Do we still have the the, the response? I, I do with the help of God. Is yeah. That still so in there? It, you know, it, it, it's funny for some of the questions we do. For some of the questions, I do, and for others, it's also I do with the by the grace of God. And I I I do appreciate that because that last question, the suffer all, even death rather than fall away from it, the answer is, yeah, John, I do by the grace of God, yeah, right? Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's personal, right? We're making this pledge, but also a recognition. Uh, the only way I'm going to do that is by God's grace. That's only by the, the work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and you know, Matt, now that you bring that up, so you asked me about what my confirmation verse was, and it, it was something I remember. It was in the Bible. I remember that much. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> uh, but I think about that, and, and you know, I, I of course, I said yes, yes, with the grace of God. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know if I really thought about, you know, that if someone had come up and said to me, are you, are you willing to die for this? If, you know, I don't know that I really comprehended that. Uh, and and again, they're all they're all novices. They're all rookie believers, and and we all are to an extent, I suppose. Faith is never a thing that just it, it always has the same heart and center, the forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ. But but I've noticed in those fifty or well, it's not quite that forty five. What how many years it's been that it keeps growing? It keeps getting bigger and broader and better than what I I thought I had pretty well mastered it. But uh, I'm constantly finding more and more evidence of just how great the love and the forgiveness of God, too, because I constantly find out how sinful I am and realize, oh, man, he's he's more gracious and merciful than what I thought. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. That first time when I said, by the grace of God, I didn't really realize what that meant, but I'm beginning to understand it now. <laughs> yeah, how broad that grace is, you know, the love yeah, of God is. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm in... I, Hearing our youth, we just had confirmation recently or dissension, hearing our young people say those things, those pledges, I do, or I do by the grace of God, I find that really encouraging. Um, you know, and and even more so today, maybe. Um, you know, when you were confirmed, you know, 50 plus years ago, I'm guessing, you know, most of your friends were probably Christians too, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and even when I was confirmed, it's been, you know... <laughs> number of years ago for me too you know and and you know yeah i would say most of my friends were, were christians too you know and and uh, yeah and, and that that's good and that's no less important those vows that you and i made but boy you know our youth today um it's a little different you know um they're part of gen z generation z so we've got the the silent generation and the baby boomers and gen x and the millennials now we have generation z um, 
and Generation Z, you know, characterized by a few different things. One is technology. You know, they know the Internet and social media. And, um, you know, they do not know a time when cell phones were not smartphones. Right. Mm. Um, so it's ages like eight to 23, you know, right now. That's gen Generation Z. But the other thing that, that sociologists tell us that define this generation is they are um, more unchurched than any other, you know, generation, at least in recent history, that, you know, atheists, agnostics, you know, things like that. Um, so, you know, for our young people to do something that, you know, for them in many ways is countercultural, you know, to be, to stand in front of, you know, the church and to say, yeah, no, I, I do believe these things. Yeah, I, I, I do believe the Bible is God's word. I, I do intend to come to worship and receive the Lord's Supper. Um, you know, I wonder, you know, if maybe they give a little more thought to that than maybe even past generations, just simply because, again, they this is different than the, their peers, <laughs> a lot of their peers. You know, to make these pledges isn't something that everyone else is doing, too. No, this, they're kind of unique among uh, others. So, um, you know, I... I you know, I, I'm encouraged by our youth making those pledges, and uh, I rejoice in their confession uh, as they confess that. In any generation, but but you know, especially our, our Gen Z generation uh, here in 2023. And and I I contend because I know a lot of people are so negative, and all oh, the church is on decline, and. Uh, but but I contend that we're probably at one of the best times ever as far as Christianity is concerned, uh, because you're right. Uh, a lot of that that we did in my generation and your generation, we just did it because everybody else was doing it. Yeah. Uh, and people came to church because everybody else is going to church. Uh, and and I, I think, yeah, I, I know it, the numbers are going down. But but I think the people that are going, they're going precisely because of what we said earlier. They're not going because it's the cultural thing to do. That's what most people do. They're, they're going because, man, they, they are wrestling with the problems and struggles we have in this world. And they have in their own personal lives and their own sinful flesh. And, and I think they're probably taking that supper with a lot more joy because it's not just what we do. But they're taking it because, man, I need to hear again that it's for me, even with all the things going on in my life and all the things I'm I'm handling poorly. It's still for me that he he's forgiven. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's a good time, uh, not an easy time, but I think it's a good time in the church. And I agree with you what you're saying about this new generation of of uh, kids that are going to be coming up. Yeah, amen. You know, so, I mean, if we have grandparents listening, parents listening, hopefully youth listening to wrestling with the basics, um, you know, we I'm encouraged by you. And I would encourage you as youth, especially, you know, don't don't let sociologists or generational labels define who you are. Uh, be willing to defy those expectations that are set already, perhaps for your generation. Uh, shine as a light in this world. Uh, and continue to confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Uh, I pray that for our young people. I pray that for all of us, um, that, again, we would take to heart the, the verse that we're focusing on today, you know, Romans 10, verse 9, that, again, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Um, so I, I guess as we wrap up, John, you know, one, one distinction to make, I said, you know, confirmation is personal, right? But, yes. And, and confessing that faith is, is personal, right? It, that God-given faith. But it, it's not private. We don't want to confuse that. It's personal but not private. 
And, and I think Paul is really expressing that in these words, too, that there's this, this link, you know, this inseparable link between that faith that's in us and also what we express outwardly with our lips and with our lives as we confess Jesus as Lord. You know, when we, when we have that faith in Jesus Christ, you know, we, we want to share it with others. I, at least I hope so. Um, and so, yeah, you know, personal but not private. Uh, you know, as Paul says, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And, and we, we do so because we just know he's such a good God. He's such a, and that's all we want people to know. We yeah. just want you, them to know too, that he does love us. You're right. And he wants to love them too. Amen. Yeah, he wants to love them. He, he does love them. And uh, the, those, those great gifts that we receive uh, can be theirs as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, uh, they're not going to hear it otherwise. Um, so yeah, please. Confess with your mouth. May God grant that to all of us that Jesus is Lord. This has been Wrestling with the Basics.